My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. Today we have another wonderful guest joining us, Max Gergenti. Max, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you, Dallas. Max, where are you calling us from today? I'm calling from a beautiful, wonderful, cold, freezing, sub-zero Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. I'm sure it is cold. I'm calling you from Brazil today, so it's very hot. We're in our summertime. So <laughs> Weather-wise, polar opposites, I would yeah, say. Completely. Uh, I thank God I'm in Toronto. I'd love to be a bit in Brazil where it's nice and warmer. How long have you lived in Toronto, Max? I've lived in Toronto since I was 14 years old. I'm 63, so we do a calculation as what, uh, uh, 50 years plus. Wow. Yeah, I was born in Italy, and uh, my parents immigrated to Canada when I was 14, and uh, that's when we, uh, I started living here. And your wife, is she, does she have Italian roots as well? She does. My wife is from Naples. She's a beautiful Southern Italian. I'm from Northern Italy, near Venice. Connie's down from the South. and uh, But she came here with her parents when she was six. So she came here that she was a lot smaller. Isn't that crazy how you guys both came from Italy but met there? That's crazy. It's amazing. I, I came from Venice to Toronto. Connie came from Naples to Toronto. And then we met here. God has a plan. That's all you need to worry about. <laughs> he does. It's not a straight line. I tell you, it's a lot shorter distance between Venice and Naples than it is this way. But he decided to do it this way. So that's fine. I'm happy that he's in I can, control. I can relate to you with that, Max. My wife is Brazilian and I came from the States. And so it's just like, okay, God, do what you do. That's fine with me. So Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're, today we're going to talk about Max's newly released book called Fearless in the Light, Staying Calm in Today's Anxious World. That is something we need to hear in 2022, living anxious, because I think everything in our world is designed to cause us to have anxiety. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is a book that I'm, I'm interested in myself as well. This is not just for the audience. This is for me today, too. So, Max, I'm just going to let you have some time here to tell a little bit more about yourself. So um, I came here uh, to Canada and we immigrated uh, like most immigrants do. My parents immigrated here because they were looking for uh, a better life, more opportunities, a better job, a better future for, uh, for, um, for their children. And uh, uh, so my dad came and he had his plans, but God had his plans. And uh, when we came here to Canada, um, God saved us. God got a hold of us. And uh, we went to a prayer meeting in the basement of a church. It was announced on Sunday. 
uh, we were always faithful at going to church. Uh, we were Catholics, and uh, we attended Mass regularly. The first thing that my dad did uh, everywhere where he went, my dad traveled a lot. We've always traveled a lot, and uh, was to find a church to attend. But uh, we just attended on Sunday. This particular Sunday, this is in uh, the 1970s, they made an announcement about this uh, prayer group uh, that was in the basement of the church on a Wednesday night. And so we did, and it turned out to be at the height of the uh, charismatic movement. And so we were in the basement of a Catholic church, and this uh, Pentecostal preacher came and taught a Bible study. It was amazing, really. And uh, he was friends with the Catholic priest. And, uh, and then he made a presentation on the gospel. And so that was the first time, even though I grew up in a in a going to church, it was the first time where I actually, as a, as a sentient being, as a thinking person, uh, with my own will, I made a conscious decision to uh, receive Jesus in my heart and make him the Lord and Savior of my life and follow him for the rest of my life. That's incredible. And taking you forward from that, how do you think being a Christian set you apart from the world? Yoga is so much more than just another form of exercise. In June Brown's newly released book, The Yoga Habit, you will learn the foundational poses of yoga. Included are detailed explanations of breathing techniques, hand movements, and personal adjustments for an optimal yoga experience. This book explains these practices so clearly that you will be able to follow along with ease. You will be able to put all the techniques you learn into several series of poses, locks, and breathing patterns that will make up a yoga session. Find your copy of The Yoga Habit on Amazon today. Bellwether Records, a Christian music and media company with the mission to expand the kingdom with a twofold approach. Sell and promote music that evangelizes to the world and use the proceeds to fund the mission worldwide. Buy music, support the mission, share music, expand the kingdom. If you are an artist or just a fan of music, visit bellwetherrecords.com today to support the vision and further impact the kingdom. How do you think being a Christian set you apart from the world? Well, what happened is, uh, uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, like I said, I was uh, going to church and I played the organ in church. So that's where I met Connie. Connie, uh, there was a choir. Connie was one of the girls in the choir. I liked her immediately. I married my high school sweetheart, uh, Dallas, because uh, we were young then. And then we just started uh, uh, dating. But uh but but it was just going to church uh, and just on Sunday. God was just for Sunday. Yeah. And uh, uh, I thank God, you know, for all kinds of testimonies. I hear people that got saved from drugs and got saved from all things because God is good and he forgives all sins and he puts our lives back together. But that's not my testimony. I was a goody two-shoes. I was a good person uh, going to church and uh, had good parents, had a good family life, but but we were still missing a lot. There was uh, the presence of God missing, the reality of God missing, uh, uh, the, the joy of the Lord prayer, reading the Bible. And so uh, it, what happened was that, that night when I received Jesus, it's like uh, I had a personal encounter and a ton of weight was lifted off my shoulders of, of guilt 
and and I became uh, I was moody and depressed, and I became joyous. So what set me apart was uh, I went from just uh, being a good church going person, uh, and that, that's good, I suppose. There's nothing wrong with that. Too uh, uh, having a personal relationship with Jesus and knowing God personally, and uh, uh, praying, being convinced that uh, He intervenes in our lives. And he's interested in our lives, and uh, and and starting to have a, a reading the Bible. I never read the Bible before, and having a living relationship with God. And so now, uh, before in the world, uh, you know, I was just kind of on my own. But now I know that there's a God. I know that He's good, and I know that I can uh, communicate with Him. And I know that. Uh, uh, if if we need help, and we do often, uh, he's there to help us and to lead us and to guide us in just every aspect of our lives. And just for our audience here, this book, we're going to go into your book a little bit now. Thank you for sharing that. We have Fearless in the Light. It takes you on an incredible journey, revealing the answers through the questions of King David and meditating on the 27th Psalm. And in this Psalm, King David was suffering and dealing with inner fears and a myriad of external difficulties. And that leads us into your book here, Mark. So what can what else can you tell us? What led you to write this book, Fearless in the Light? Uh, in 2017, uh, I was in London, uh, England, UK. And uh, I was in transit because we, we travel to Europe and preach in different churches and, and, uh, and minister in, around North America too. We traveled a lot. And so uh, I was on the subway and uh, the uh, conductor uh, stopped the train and uh, said, not at a station, like in between stations, and said that there had been some kind of an incident. And uh, I had no idea what it was, but uh, obviously people are looking at each other, what's going on, what's happening. And what I did is I started to think about Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Which is the book is based on that is about Psalm 27. And so uh, that was my go-to uh, meditation. I, 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 I brought my mind to that place so that I would not be anxious and I would not be afraid. And then we, we were stuck there about 20 minutes and they released the train. And then I finally got to the hotel. And when I got to the hotel in London, they were live. Uh, you know, they have TV screens. They have the news in the lobby. And uh, there had been a terrorist attack in, in Westminster, unfortunately, right under uh, where I was. And so it's then that I realized what had happened. And of course, my family was trying to get a hold of me because they knew that I was in London. So as soon as I checked in, I communicated with them and uh, and uh, and let them know that thank God I was fine. But when I came back from that, my oldest daughter Laura asked me, like, Dad, did you freak out? How did you stay calm? And I said to her, Well, I I just thought about Psalm twenty seven. And uh, when she said that, because I said, otherwise, I would have freaked out. You know, I, I thought about freaking out. I was tempted to freak out, but I was able to somehow anchor my mind and my heart to Psalm 27. And I said, I mean, that, that's what we're supposed to do when 
when we're under stress or afraid or some unknown happens to us, we need to uh, think about the Word of God. And so uh, Laura said to me, well, Dad, you should write a book about that. And that just exploded inside of me. And so uh, I did. And, and that was the inspiration for it. Do you have any other kids, Max? Yeah, we do. We have three wonderful daughters. Laura uh, is uh, the eldest. And then uh, Debbie is number two. And Sarah is number three. Three girls. That's great. A little bit more about this book. How did some of your, your perspective here, three things that you see in the world today that lead to stress, what do you think would be those, those main causes of stress in our life today? So... Uh, I think worry leads to stress. You know, you worry about uh, your health, uh, uh, the future. Uh, if you if you can support your family, uh, worry about a job and so on. Uh, another thing that would lead to stress would be uncertainty, and uh, uh, that was the the situation that I was in uh, in the subway in London. I didn't know what was going on, and it was unknown. unknown. I think that the unknown, uh, not knowing uh, what's going to happen next, or uh, it, it leads leads to stress, leads to worry, leads to anxiety, and uh, and then uh, and certainly you know what we're living now in the time of of COVID <laughs> is a lot of uncertainty. All these uh, lockdowns and and new variants, and we're opening and we're closing. Uh, yes, that works. That doesn't work. That 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 leads. That's why uh, psychologists tell us that stress and anxiety are, are at an all-time level. And, uh, and then I think another thing that leads to change would be, uh, leads to uh, worry, uh, would be uh, that I find myself uh, that I have to manage anxiety over all the changes that are happening and how quickly they are happening. And so... Whether it's things in the world like uh, you know uh, uh, all the online things now, and uh, or or even in the churches, all the things that are happening, uh, the, the rapid change and and the speed at which things are changing, change on its own is difficult enough to handle. But now we've entered a period. It seems like it's the, that 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 change has accelerated, and so. Uh, uh, those are things that I think can lead to uh, stress and, and anxiety and worry. Yeah, I don't want to take away from what you're saying here, Max, but I just want to add for our listeners here that um, over the weekend, I was able to preach a message talking about the things that we entertain. And in 2022, as believers, we're being fed so much content. We're being fed so much information all the time. It travels so fast. And that all the content that we see, not all content is Christian. Not all content was created for believers to consume, but so many times when we are depressed or we're sad or we're hungry or we're angry, whatever, we consume content, we watch movies, we listen to music that is not edifying. And at the end of the day, we think we'll leave with less stress. But obviously that's not gonna lead to less stress, this type of stuff that we're consuming. And so a book like this is important when we can understand what do I do with my stress and I want to ask another question here for you, Max. What, what are the three biggest stress eliminators? I would say, uh, number one, at least in my life, in my experience, uh, would be the Word of God. What I did uh, uh, on the subway, what I've done ever since, and what I do, 
uh, whenever I, I I start to get stressed out about uh, too many things to do, or I'm a little tired, or um, or worried about something, and you know how we're going to make it this month, and so on. Uh, the Word of God is an anchor for me, for my mind, for my soul, for my heart. I think that if I uh, uh, think on it and meditate it, it uh, it right away focuses me, calms me down, and then uh, I replace those stressful thoughts with uh, thoughts about good, how good God is, how much he cares for us, how powerful he is, and how much he wants to help us. Uh, then along with that would go prayer, uh, praying, uh, and uh, I don't just mean praying formulas, I mean by prayer, I mean talking to God, but I also mean staying quiet, uh, maybe breathing deeply and 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 just uh, hearing in your heart and God speaks. Uh, I, I've never heard an audible voice of any kind. I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice, but I'm talking about things that you sense in your heart, impressions that you might have, you know, that, that still a uh, small voice. And then something unrelated to that. So, uh, so the word and prayer, would be to uh, just do fun stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking about uh, Connie, you know, like going, she likes to go shopping, maybe go shopping, maybe go for a walk, uh, maybe watch something together uh, or, or, or talk to the girls. The girls, my family is uh, a great de-stressor for me because when the girls start to tell me about their day and what they did and so on, uh, it's just soothing. Ever since they could speak when they were little, their voices have been soothing to me. And so uh, those are ways that I uh, try to manage, reduce, or eliminate stress. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on two points that you said. I really like the point that you said, replace the anxiety, replace the negative thoughts with truth. I like it because we can read the word, but then sometimes we forget to apply it or to, to really change what's there to replace it. And your second thing that you said, was listening in our prayer life. It's so much of, it's us talking, us talking, us talking. We need to remember to just listen, be quiet. Yeah. Like you say, take some deep, take some deep breaths. That's yeah. Right. Well, you have to replace because otherwise you're going to worry, right? I mean, yeah. Replace the it's thoughts. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, you can't just say meditating is not saying I will not worry. I will not worry. I will not worry. I will not worry. You know, a hundred times you do that. You're going to worry. Uh, you have to replace uh, the thought, you know, uh, you're thinking about something now, if I tell you, think of a big pink elephant, right? See, now, if you start to picture that, uh, you're no longer thinking what you were thinking before, because a new thought naturally places another one. So uh, even the Apostle Paul, he said, you know, be anxious about nothing, or don't worry about anything in Philippians. Well, then what do I do? Be anxious doesn't mean, well, I will not worry, I will not worry. Then he always gives us something to do instead. So we we put off the old man and we put on the new man. So you reply, well, what do you do? Well, you, you give thanks to God and you rejoice. Well, then when I start to say, okay, yeah, this is something that makes me anxious, but thank you, Lord, that you are my peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you give me your peace, that already I'm thinking about peace, and I'm thinking about God, and I'm thinking about Jesus, and I'm replacing those anxious and fearful thoughts. Wonderful. What else can you tell us about your book, Max? Okay, well, uh, uh, as I said, it's the inspiration and uh, 
The study and the basis of it is uh, uh, Psalm 27. Uh, when I wrote the book, I really was impressed in my heart to write it in a, in a contemporary style. So we have a, a great tradition of uh, all these truths, these Bible truths, God is good and God is love and God answers prayer and so on. And uh, it, it, but I wanted to communicate them in a fresh style, <clears throat> in a in a modern style, so a contemporary style. Um, that's where my daughters come in and help me. They keep me young. They keep me hip, <laughs> and uh, uh, and it's practical. So it's not just a theory. There is good uh, a theology in it, a good word, and it's a good study. But there's also a lot of practical application. Uh, the very uh, genesis of the book, the birth of the book, was a practical application, was what I did in the subway in London. And, and so it's applicable. So someone that reads a book can say, oh, I, I can relate to this. Uh, I get this and I can apply it to my life. And there's uh, uh, good stories in it and uh, some uh, some humor in it too. And so uh, uh, I believe that the book is good and it's practical and it can be a blessing to uh, people who read it, uh, no matter what kind of anxiety or fear or worry, you know, we're using those words and by no means are we saying that they're the same thing. So um, uh, I can be, I, I can have general anxiety. A lot of people today have just a general anxiety about a lot of things. It's kind of in the air, right? Or we could have more specific anxieties or specific fears. And I believe that the book can help with all of those because David said, the Lord rescued me from all my fears. So whether it's a generalized anxiety or it's a specific fear about something, uh, I believe that the book can be helpful. A couple more questions here for you. Is this your first book? Yeah, this is my first book, yes. Do you have any books on the back burner that are preparing now or anything in mind that you want to share about next? I have already outlined, uh, uh, Dallas, about 10 books that I'd like to write wow. on uh, on the goodness of God, uh, another one on, uh, uh, you know, God and the enemy and free will and, you know, the old, uh, the old uh, uh, thought that bothers, I think, most human beings, you know, why do bad things happen and so on. And... Uh, and that's because I've been pastoring. Connie and I've been pastoring for forty years, and uh, you know, I st I still am learning things. Uh, the more I study, uh, the more I realize I know very, very little. But in forty years of pastoring, you do even by mistake, you know, you learn something. You bump into a couple of things, and so we've learned a couple of things that have helped us in our lives, and that have helped people that we've uh, pastored and ministered to. And uh, I thought that this was a good time to start putting those things down and putting them in writing. I talk with a lot of people who've wrote books and they say that the first book just kind of paves the way. And then it just, they start flowing after that. So I wish a floodgate open. <laughs> so I got these files, you know, where I'm, I mean, they're all in skeleton form. I don't mean to say that all 10 are written, but you know, I get an idea about that book and I throw it in there. I throw it in there and they're growing. And uh, yeah, it opened a floodgate, like you said. It just, uh, it, it just, I, I opened up things that I didn't even know I had in me. 
Another question I'm just curious personally that you said you've been ministering for so many years with your wife, Connie. What do you think has been your favorite message to preach? If you just have something that's on your mind, your favorite message over the years. My favorite message is without a doubt uh, what God has done for us in Christ, who we are in Christ. The in Christ is a phrase that the Apostle Paul uses often in his epistles. And uh, I approach most of my subjects like that because, you know, people might think this or that or agree or disagree, right? But if something is in Christ and God has done uh, has done it for us in Christ, then you think, well, we really can't argue about that if we're Christians, right? Mm-hmm. For example, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's not a matter of positive thinking, and you know, thinking positive is better than thinking neg- negative, right? Or thinking me, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm not. But in Christ, I can do all things, and that really is the key phrase, right? In Christ, or I have peace in Christ, or I have the mind of Christ, or even God supplies my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So I think that if something is in Christ and we have it, because when we are born again, we receive Jesus, right? And we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And Paul says, you have it. This is it. It's yours. Then it's mine. And it's my favorite topic to preach. It's also my favorite topic to study. And it's also my favorite way of thinking. I like to think along those lines. I don't think that we can be wrong uh, if we base our life on the in Christ and with Christ and through Christ verses. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Max. And if you could leave our audience with one overall statement, what do you think that would be today? Overall statement would be that uh, uh, problems are real, but God is real too. <laughs> He's sitting on the throne. He is real. He is good. And he wants to uh, have a relationship with us. And he wants to intervene in our lives. He wants to give us wisdom. And Christ, Christ is our wisdom. He wants to give us direction and guidance. We have the mind of Christ. And he wants to give us strength to overcome because God gives us strength in Christ. And so uh, God is here, and he's real, and he wants to help. And uh, the the book can help and uh, because it's based on the word of God, the real word of God. Yeah. Well, Bax, again, thank you so much for your time today. I know our audience are going to be blessed by our conversation. And you guys can find this book, Fearless in the Light, Staying Calm in Today's World, on Amazon today. You can find it by searching that or searching Max Gurganta, G-I-R-G-E-N-T-I. Max Gurgenti, yeah. Oh, Gurgenti, I'm sorry. So close. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. G-I-R-G-E-N-T-I. You guys can find that there. And Max, if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. I, I, I would love to. Yeah, Max Gurgenti. The great thing about having a name like that is there, uh, there are not that many Max Gurgentis in the world. <laughs> 
And you so on you. Facebook, Twitter, all that, you just do Max Giorgenti, yeah, you're, you're going to find me. I'm the only one I've found so far. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to conclude in a prayer. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to thank you, first of all, for the, the wonderful interview. And it's, uh, uh, it's nice to meet you, nice to get to know you. And uh, I'll just pray for our listeners. Father, I thank you. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Father, for those who are listening. Uh, first of all, Father, I pray that they all uh, have a, a real relationship with you, Father God, that uh, if any who are listening uh, do not know Jesus, have not experienced that personal relationship and his forgiveness and his salvation and and all that ton of weight and guilt lifting off their shoulders, I pray that they make that decision today, Father. And uh, I thank you, Father, for the listeners, and I pray that uh, you lead them and guide them in your will and in your plan, Father, and that uh, you watch over them and protect them, because you are a good God, and you do give us the victory in Christ Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that in these days of anxiety and fear, we stand on your word that says that you have delivered us, rescued us, freed us from all of our fears. And Father, I bless Dallas, and I bless our hearers today in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.